What's up, everybody? My name is Brandon McCollum, also known as BMXC, and this is Nice Minds. I am with a very, 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 very special guest, my boy, Brian Mingy. Thanks, Brando. Thank you for joining me, man. Dude, it's great to be back. Back uh, one more time for a wonderful nice guy entertainment life segment. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, we uh, we actually tried to record this. What was it? It was probably December, right? We tried really good, though. Actually, that was actually probably one of my best performances. It was a good episode. It just it just <laughs> had to get, had to be uh, go unreleased because you cool because this is when I was first starting the podcast and I was doing it over Zoom and I, I, I had done like two or three previously probably, but I was still kind of figuring out the kinks and I told you how I was doing it and you're like. Bro, we can't record out of Pro Tools and record the video at the same time. So I got self-conscious. Even though I had done it already a couple times, I was like, oh, shit, you're right. So then I, like, set up my laptop to record the video, and then I had my desktop recording the audio. But the video, for whatever reason, my mic, my uh, camera was all cloudy, so the video just looked like shit. And then I didn't tell you to wear headphones so I couldn't get the audio synced up. So ah. it was just a disaster as far as like the quality. But what we said on the podcast, hopefully we can recapture the magic because we got into some really, uh, really deep, deep conversations. I honestly, I, I was thinking about this, and uh, I think maybe after I pass, or maybe years down the road or something, we can release it and. Uh, not care about the quality because actually I, th I thought the quality was really good and i think i think if we went even like unedited mm. and and put it out there just as like a little bonus yeah i mean it was three hours of content and like to trim it back and like i mean as i said like other podcasts they don't trim it down so like if we left everything in there and just let the listener kind of like listen in and the entire bogusness of my uh, my conversation with you. <laughs> um, Word. You know, there there would be some like good nuggets in there, uh, and and honestly, the quality. I think the quality, especially with this day and age, a lot of people are doing the same thing that you know we're doing now, and there's a lot worse. True. Uh, as far as uh, quality content out yeah. there, I mean, I look at shows nowadays and. Um, Comparing to comparing it to what was out in the past, uh, quality just doesn't matter anymore. It's, yeah, that's a good it's, point. It's really, um, it's kind of disheartening just because in all facets of life, uh, what we were kind of talking about before uh, up on the porch is that um, everything is accessible and there's so many, so many people doing it. And being that it's 2021, uh, the bar has kind of been dropped yeah. as far as like level of excellence. Well, now you just need like you need good content still though. I feel like you like the content trumps the quality. I don't know if we can use that word anymore. Uh what content? No, Trump. Oh yeah, <laughs> facts, facts, bro. True. Yeah. I so used it, to... it uh tops content tops quality. We'll say yeah, that. We'll yeah. say that. Content will always be king. Yes. Uh, content Thanks. will always be king. Quality, you know, 
sometimes takes a second uh, second best. But the only thing is that if you have kind of subpar content but amazing quality, it kind of accents each other. Yeah. And But it goes vice versa, though, too, is that if you have amazing content but crappy quality, um, it's just kind of a letdown. You see the bar and you see where it could be. Uh, me, maybe, maybe I see it that way just because I'm a really picky. And, well, and we're creative professionals, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I look at something and it's not like, oh, well, we could do that. We could have done that better. When I see productions, whether it be audio, video, show, concert, whatever, if I'm sitting there and I'm not, um, if I'm not enjoying myself because I'm like, this could be better then somebody right. failed at doing their job yeah. because it should have been better. And I know limitations, obviously environment, uh, equipment, uh, time, budget. That's always like factors. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, you always hope that people are doing their best work, but honestly, it's not, that way yeah. these days what i'm what i'm seeing a lot of people are just kind of giving up uh not really giving up but um good enough right is just good enough putting out their good enough work. you know yeah. like oh it's good not enough. striving for excellence just a- exactly being okay with good enough yeah yeah and and um i hate to start the podcast off like griping about people in our society but i i uh there's a lot of things going on in 2021 that <laughs> well, just like well, are not meeting expectations. Of we'll definitely cover what it that be and, for sure. Uh, gosh, I just uh, I hate to be a you know a, a, a Debbie Downer and whatnot, but that's just kind of how it goes. We'll definitely get into that, but at the same time, we're not on Zoom right now. We're on your beautiful property at your Hell yeah. beautiful lake home that you just purchased a couple years ago. Thank you for hosting, my dude. This is an amazing setting. I think the you know, not to diss anybody else that's hosted before, but I think this is the best one as far as like probably quality and setting. So oh. I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, no problem. It's a I nice mean... sunny day. It's the first day of fall. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's the first oh, wow. official day of fall. And it is uh one of my good friend Kirky J's birthday today. Nine oh, word. It's the twenty second, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to him. So we'll kinda we'll go back since you know, we might release that unreleased episode and we might not. But We'll give a little background. Uh, so you and I have known each other since high school. Yeah. And we met uh, your junior year, my senior year, and I was uh, – we were in Garage Band together. Um, and y- I just remember at the time my reputation around school wasn't the best because I was a shitty rapper and, like, I just – I had a shitty like performance in front of like the whole school and I was just kind of known as a joke I feel like to a lot of people. Um and you and I just for whatever reason did not get along and one of the first interactions we had I was having a conversation over here you were on your drum kit just like you know just twiddling away or whatever and you had stopped and you kind of overheard this conversation and I was talking to somebody I can't remember the conversation but it was about weed. And you, you just stopped and you're like, what do you know about smoking weed, man? I slang that shit. And I looked at you and I'm like, all right. And then I just kept talking to whoever I was talking about talking to. And then we actually didn't become cool until, because I, w- I went back as a 
super senior the following year, your senior year. Um, and I only needed to go back for the last three months. But before that even, I, I want to say it was February. I don't know why I remember the month. But um, me, Seth, and J-Rod were hanging out. And uh, Seth was like, yo, let's go smoke with Mingy, man. Uh, he gets off work and, you know, he's going to smoke with us. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like that dude. And they're like, come on. No, he's cool. He's cool. And I, I'm like, all right. So we roll you to Perkins where you were working. You get in the car, and it was like none of that had ever happened. You, you were like, what up, bro? And I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? And I had like the dankiest of danks, and you were like, oh shit, this is some danks. And then uh, <laughs> other dude was like, those are some beasters, bro. And you were like, nah, these are danks. It's like BMXC with the danks. Oh shit. And then after that, we started hanging out all the fucking time, smoking together. And then I started school as a super senior, I think the following month, I want to say. So, like, we'd only been really kicking it for, like, a month by the time I was, like, a super senior. And then I went back for, like, the last three months. And we kind of just became good friends in the next few months. And we graduated together. And then the rest is history. And, uh, bro, appreciate you, man. No, no problem. I love you. I love uh, you, too, man. It's been an uh, interesting and long road. I mean, I'm 35. and it's you're been 17 years, bro, half, yeah. half your life, pretty you're, much. You're 36. Yeah. And, uh, and um, it's crazy to see how far all of, all of us have come. Yeah. Um, sitting here. Right. Uh, you know, I would have never thought in a million years that I could uh, have the life that I've lived um, since high school being a musician, like being a straight being up a producer, wearing so many different hats. But just let's just say, general in general, working and living in the music industry. Yeah. Um, so and to give everybody a little backstory, you're now a live sound engineer slash studio engineer, mainly live sound, and that's where you've really excelled. Yeah. Uh I mean just before I get before I get into like the whole kind of run, um I would I would love to say like just kind of tying in to what I was just saying is uh I think the reason why I'm at where I'm at in the the progress and or like the um kind of the story of 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 what I've done is all because of you guys like because of Brandon because of Nemo, Jake, um a lot of my friends and and family uh growing up and actually getting getting me to where we're at right now to enjoy this wonderful day and this wonderful podcast and 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 honestly um uh getting getting the moment to really understand that um that you guys have really been a really significant part of my life and and uh i think i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys because it all started with really nemo and yep. jake uh i had nemo on the podcast it was a dope episode um yeah, it it was it was pretty darn good. 
Um, I actually listened to that like a month ago. Nice. Like two months ago on the way into work. It's kind of what I do now. Like on my way to work, I get to listen to other people rant and talk shit. Yeah, hell yeah. People. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I got started um, because of really of, of Nemo and Jake because that kind of intertwined because we started recording at Jake's. Um, you know, for a high school project, but then, like, Nemo initially started going to IPR. Yep. And then uh, I went shortly after him just because yep. I was so infatuated with um, what he was learning and uh, how I was helping him kind of go to school. And so he actually asked me um, to come into the studio to record one night and you know luckily i did that because the next day i was actually supposed to go into the air force and sign my life away that's right i almost forgot about that yeah you said something earlier that i really uh don't think about but we really all kind of got our start in this together you know i mean we kind of we've we all had interest in music and you know you me and nemo and um when we worked on that song my super senior year your senior year at jake's house that really like set off a lot of things for all of us nemo started at ipr then you and i we were actually going to go to minnesota school of business together we even toured that's it. right we went with my mom my oh, mom took us on a tour joanne love you to yeah r.i.p to my mom yeah um yeah my mom took us to on this tour to minnesota school of business and uh we went on this tour and the guy actually, I told this in, in my episode with Bob, but the guy found out that one of the founders of IPR died. Jack Robinson. Jack Robinson. Like yeah. as we were ge- having the just tour, passed away like, he found out day. like, at, like as we were taking the tour, I remember that. Cause I remember yeah. him stopping and being like, well shit or something like that. And then, um, but then, so after that, cause at the time I didn't have a driver's license. So we were going to work out to where I rode with you to school every day. And then I don't remember how many days later, if it was the next day or what you're like, nah, man, I'm going to IPR. And at the time, Direct. like I couldn't, I couldn't figure out like a bus situation and it didn't make sense for, for you to come pick me up every day. So I didn't start at IPR. Um, and yeah. you know, I just kind of kind of held off on that because uh, of just my ride situation. At the same time, like I was immature as fuck. It would it would have been just. It, I don't think it would have worked. I think I would have ended up dropping out or something. But you uh, you went. Nemo ended up dropping dropping out because uh, it wasn't really for him. But you just like like balls to the wall went for it at IPR. Yep. Like. You were recording uh, my shit. You were recording like everybody. You were just like nonstop grinding. Yeah, I IPR was my playground. Um, I was terrible at book work, yeah. so that's why I try to like I try to tell students that are going to school. I try to encourage them to really make the school their own and to really use the time to make friends and to make colleagues and to make you know good friends with the teachers, just because. Uh, if it wasn't for the teachers and if it wasn't for the people that I met, honestly, at school, and that's the reason why I have such a respect and such a profound love for school 
and not just YouTubing or just picking up a book and reading. Right. And or just spending your own money. Because a lot of kids these days, school is expensive. And if you don't have a rich dad, you're paying it for it out of your pocket. Facts. And, and school is very, very, very expensive. So... Uh, it's really discouraging to some kids to even go to school or to support it just because they're like, well, why am I doing this? I can just go on mixwiththemasters.com and figure out how the pros are doing it. I mean, that's exactly what you're doing in school. But I always encourage them, no, that's not typically um, 100% true because, yes, you know, you have tools and you have videos that you can go and learn a craft from. But you will not develop your own craft by watching somebody else's. You have to develop your own craft by doing it, by building your own craft, by spending hundreds, if not thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of hours given over, you know, uh, a Years, long career. Yeah. Um, it's how you get good at something. And uh, kind of what we were talking about kids, like accessibility is is so huge nowadays uh, to kids where everything is accessible, but um, people are not enjoying the grind. Like, you know, life to me and and within my career has not been such a grind only because I love it. And that's why, right. you know, what you were saying before is like I just would live in the studio and that's actually what I do. I would miss class. I would miss book assignments. I would fail horribly on tests in IPR. Um, but it was because I was in the studio working with you guys until 6 a.m. Right. <laughs> you know, I was developing my craft. Yep. Uh, you know, um, when when we would take those countless hours, you know, if you added it all up, I mean, I'd have an insane bill. Like, if you would, if you were to, like, Put the amount of hours that we spent in the studio every single night, whether it be with you guys or even my clientels. And I mean, I did a bunch of records while I was in school, and I was only in school for less than two years. Yeah. You know, like all the work that I had accumulated before I even graduated. Uh, if you compare that to my grades, I mean, there, there was, you know, kind of like every high school or elementary or even junior higher, like... You really depend on the teacher. Like there was, you know, some, you know, classes that I did really well in, um, but there were some classes that I just absolutely failed. Um, not that I actually like failed. Uh, I I did actually fail one class. It was um, acoustic mathematics. Oh damn! And it was I don't just, even think they offer that anymore. Dude, it was insane. Uh, I. That I was just crazy. bombarded by by math and the guy that was teaching it. I won't name names, but um, he just wasn't a suitable teacher because, like, I had math in high school and I was a straight A student, but I had a great teacher, and so yeah, um, I I was actually a tutor helper, not like a full on tutor in high school, but I would help kids with their math. Homework. Oh yeah. Um, like just in the class, like right. I, I had to help them at like study time or like even after school, um, just help them out with math, just because it like came really easy to me. But by the time it got to college, we were doing the same stuff because like in Maple Grove, they had uh, college algebra. Yep. Um, 
and 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 I just suffered in college, and so I actually I'm pretty sure I failed that class, and I actually had to take it again. Uh, which That's is crazy. terrible because it was an elective, and why the hell would I ever take college math in a that was an elective school? and you took it? No, 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 it wasn't an elective. Oh. It was like because it was required. Oh yeah, like it was an, a required elective. Yeah. Like oh, okay. it's it's an elective right. because you it was secondary from your core courses at IPR, but for but it was an one of the, probably degree. one of the math classes that you could choose to take. No. No, it was it was required, but I had to have it in order to graduate with oh, an associate's okay. degree. So it wouldn't right? it wouldn't have been elective then, because electives you have to pick. Oh yeah. well, I guess then I guess it was just a second. I always considered it a secondary course just because it wasn't uh, right. M- it wasn't dealing with anything nerdy microphone yeah. shit, you know. <laughs> well, when I went to IPR <laughs> ten years later, which we'll get into, I'm sure, but. Uh, I took an algebra class and it was just a straight algebra class and the teacher like not to like call him out or anything but like he straight up let us cheat basically huh. like we like used um like this this thing on uh online I can't even remember what it was called some math thing and we just, like I ended up with a B in that class even though I didn't comprehend a single freaking thing yeah and well I'm sure you're gonna need that you know for next year yep. when you know, you need to uh, know the square root of a, you know, rhombus Straight or up. something. Yeah. You know, real, real life shit. Them rhombus squ- square roots are important. Yeah. Or uh, 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 A squared plus B squared equals C squared. God, yeah. <laughs> what is that? The Pythagorean yeah. theorem? Dude, Fuck. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I need to figure out how to do my taxes. Yeah. Not, yeah, exactly. You know, not what A squared plus B squared exactly. equals C squared. But uh, yeah. So anyways. You just. Kids, you, you keep studying, though. Oh, yeah. Keep studying. Keep studying. You need that shit. For sure. Um, but yeah, you straight up excelled. Like, you just beasted that shit. And you, I mean, within... Like if I don't know, I think before you graduated, you started running live sound, right, at Sally's. Yeah, or was that, that right was, after you graduated. So yeah, right after I graduated, um, man, I was I was pretty scared, uh, cause I had graduated, and it was January of, '07. So I went to college from '05 to '07. So January to January, and I graduated, um. And I decided, I was just like, you know what? I got some records coming up, and uh, I think I'm going to quit my job. This was, this was I, was, I was working at Guitar Center at the time. It put me through college. And the moment I graduated in January, like the, maybe the second week of January, I was like, uh, I kind of want to do this. Kind of want I kind of want to do this, and I went into my uh, I went into the manager's office. I was like, "Hey, I'm putting in my two weeks. Uh, you know, I'll finish out this run of the two weeks, and then uh, I'm gonna be done. I'm gonna pursue music full time." And he's like, "Okay, cool." And that night, I got a call from him, and was just like, "Yeah, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> you don't need to come in tomorrow. We got your shift covered." And I'm just like. All right. <laughs> so wait a minute. Like you got my shift cover for tomorrow. Okay. So what about Thursday? This was like Tuesday or something. I was like, so what about Thursday? He's like, yeah, no, we got that covered too. I'm like, okay. So are you let me go. Like, are we done? He's like, yeah. You don't need to come in at all. I'm like, 
Okay. Well, see you later. Exactly. Well, see you later. And uh, and then the next day, I was just like, I woke up and I was just like, oh shit. Well, I guess this is it. This is it. And here we go. And uh, and so I called up my buddy Jake Wagner, and uh, just started booking studio time and just try to make you know every phone call to every band I knew and started recording. Well, what happened is. I don't know how I came across it. I don't know if it was like MySpace or if it was like the paper. I I really don't remember. I think it might have been like the classifieds. Like, you know, people would actually take out ads in the classifieds like looking for a drummer and oh yeah. Whatever. Um and Roster McCabe was oh, yeah, looking the, for the a band, drummer. Yeah. And so uh, Roster McCabe, man, uh, one of the coolest and best bands I ever worked with. Um, amazing musicians, but the first time I actually went and met them, uh, I was trying out for drums. Lo and behold, Scotty. I got didn't the realize gig. that. Yes, our buddy Scotty did. Who yes. I've known since he was twelve. Yeah. What's funny is that like I tried out, and then the next day, Scotty tried out. That's and then, crazy. Like, and then, uh, and then, like two days later, they hit me. Uh, like I, I told them because I, I knew they weren't gonna go with me just because I wasn't. They didn't give me any material to like study for. They didn't give me anything like that they wanted to play. So I was going in blind to an audition. I was just like, oh god, like I don't know what we're gonna do. So I set up my drums. We started playing, and I'm just like, God, these guys are really good. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, wanted to do, like, they wanted to do this song, this song, and then they, like, wanted to do, like, a jam and stuff, and I was just like, ah, it just didn't work out. So as I was packing up my drums, I was like, you know what, guys? If you don't go with me, cool. Like, I want you guys to have a great drummer. However, if you ever need a sound guy or anything in the studio, I would love to work with you. You just let me know. And sure as shit, like next the next week, um, uh, or like that weekend or something, uh, I'm not sure how it came about. Like either Scotty and I had a conversation. I was just like, "Yeah, I tried out with this band," and he's like, "Rostrum Cave," and I'm just like, "Yeah," and he's like, "I tried out for them too." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" And uh, that's crazy. And and uh, he got the call like a day later, mm-hmm. and he got the call. And then, like, a week later, he had to learn a ton of material. And then, yeah, a, a week later, uh, they called me. and was just like, hey, we have a gig at Sally's. It's on West Bank. Um, it pays 50 bucks, a bar tab, all you can drink, and all the pretty girls you that's ever want to dance with. That's fire. For a first live gig, dude, that's fire. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, hell yeah. I was like, put me down. I'll be there. So every Thursday for the next year of my life, uh, that was the gig. It was yep. 50 bucks, food, insane amounts of beer, and uh, all the pretty girls I could dance with. Dude, those were fun times, man, because we'd come up, yeah. like me, Nemo, Missy, whoever else, we'd come up and kick it with you while you know while you were doing that and, and just party and just dance to roster because we loved roster. And, that, dude, like those were some of my best memories from our early 20s, man, was like partying there, man. It was so yeah. dope. Super I mean, dope. I celebrated my – so I don't want to 
you know, get them in trouble or anything, but this was years ago, so it doesn't really matter. But I celebrated my 21st birthday there, and I got blackout Oh, drunk. yeah, because you were drinking before that. Then. And I was. When, you're t- I, I when totally you were 20, was. yeah. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was pretty funny because um, from day one, we were never carded. We were the band, so right. like, we never got carded. And so we were drinking there for like, six months you know and then you know because that was kind of the winter i remember it was the winter because i loaded into the roster house while it was super cold so by the time that gig ever came around or by the time my birthday came around my 21st birthday we had been doing that gig for like six months Mm -hmm. um so (laughs) when my gig or when my birthday did come around they're like oh happy birthday and they're like how old are you i'm like 20 two <laughs> and they're like okay so um and they never found out no no uh that's hilarious i got super yeah i got i got super bombed that night and the funny thing was is uh we would record every set uh every every thursday night we always recorded our set and the best sounding one was, was your 21st? My, was my That's 21st crazy cuz I was like, there that night. I remember that we came to kick it yeah. and you were just you were fucking Mingy drunk <laughs> yeah, like that, That's crazy. Probably hugging on when everybody Mingy gets and drunk, taking my shirt off. He gets off. drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was probably taking my shirt off and running around and whatnot. Those it were was, good fucking times, man. It was it was fun. Yeah. Uh um I I went back to scotty's place and i slept on his floor that night he like lived in like this little studio apartment because he was um he was living downtown i don't know like if he was going to mcnally at the time i feel that he went to mcnally way later Mm. like later on Mm -hmm. uh but i don't know why but he was living downtown he was living downtown saint paul and we had to trek it all the way back to his place um Luckily, he was the sober driver. Thanks, Scotty. Uh, and, yeah, I ended up, like, sleeping on his floor on my 21st birthday. I remember that. Word. That was, that was pretty fun. I, I might have puked in his bed, so I really – I actually owe him a comforter, I'm pretty yep. sure, still. But uh, I'll get him back. I promise, Scotty. But it's crazy because, like, you're somebody who I've seen, like – Year after year after year, as far as your career goes, like just keep growing and growing and building and building. And then, I mean, years later, you stumble across this gig at Paisley Park and you're like Paisley Park's live sound dude. I mean, I'm sure one of some, you know, but like you're like their guy now. Yeah, well... Not so much now, just because being 2021, um, they haven't really do they haven't really been doing sure. uh events there so we did a gig for his birthday on june 7th of this year and so that was my one and only time that i've been there this year okay. and i wasn't there at all in 2020 other than um we did a new year's so we did a new year's party from 2019 into 2020 which was probably one of the coolest events we've ever done there that's dope um and uh, so it was, um, I can't remember the opener. Like, the opener opener was, like, a local band. Um, it was kind of, like, a, almost like a church group. And and I'm brain farting on who it actually was. Um, 
but they were really good. And then and then Andre Simone got up, and then um, Judith Hill got up, and then it was the Funk All Stars, uh, or not Funk All Stars. It was the Funk Soldiers, um, Kirk's band, and oh, um, nice. and they brought in the New Year of 2019 into 2020. And Kirk is the drummer for uh, New Power Generation, right? He's been. I mean, he was Prince's right hand man. Yeah. I mean, that's Kirk. What I thought, yeah. Um, really, kind of like he was the one that kind of like brought you in, right? Yeah, but really big thanks to Evan Bakke. Evan Bakke was a guy that I went to IPR with. Oh, okay. He was a college graduate as well. We went to school together. We remained friends. We're still friends to this day. Um, and he was working for P at the time, and he was working on the Third Eye Girl stuff. And Prince turned to him and was just like, hey, man, we're doing a party tonight um, or tomorrow. Um, do you know any live guys? And he's like, I do. And so he gave Kirk my number, and I got a call from Kirk, and he was just like, hey, man, uh, we got a gig at Paisley um, tomorrow night. Can you make it? And I was just like, yep, I'll be there. And this was spring of 2014. Yep. This was like April That's time, when I started 2014. IPR, actually, yeah. Uh, and and I was gigging. It was funny because I was gigging at the time with a band called Lost Highway, and that was like one of my main gigs uh, that year. And uh, Lost Highway, um, I was just doing merch for them, like kind of like teching and just doing merch. And so I called, I called the lead singer and I was like, Hey man, I'm super sorry, but Prince called and I got to go do this Paisley Park gig. Hell yeah. Like, I got to, I got to leave you high and dry. And he's just like, what? And he's just like, dude, are you seriously going to bail on us? I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, I'm going <laughs> to bail. It's Paisley I'm, Park. I'm like, yeah, it's I'm Prince. Like, yeah, it's sorry. Prince, dude. I'm going to bail Peace. on you. Like, yeah. I'm going to bail on your gig. However... I'm a nice guy, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to come and set up everything, and I have a fill-in that will, like, fill in for me for the gig, and so I'm not going to leave you high and dry. I'm going to come and set it up, and I just have to leave by 4, because, like, load-in time for Paisley was, like, 6 or 7, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to get there early to, like, suss out the madness, because... I was brand new to the room. I had never been there. Yeah. I didn't know what I was walking into. Um, you know, because I kind of, I, I called Evan, my buddy, and was just like, hey, so what's the situation there? He's like, I don't know, man. Like, you got to just come and just, like, check it out. Like, who knows, like, what works? There's always buzzes and this and that. Like, channels don't work, this, that, and the other. And sure enough, you know. Yeah, you brought uh, me in to help clean it. Sure enough, that night, the first night, I, I I can't remember if it was Alex Rossi's band or if it was MPLS or um uh I, I, I can't or if it was just a DJ. I think it might have been just a DJ because they had just um released Plectrum Electrum. Oh, okay. And or they had just released uh Hit and Run. The first yep, record. The first one. Right? They did that as a double yep. double release. And I think they were doing like an initial um listening party. It was like the first gig that I had worked there. I, yeah, because they had the Paisley Park After Dark series that they were doing right. like, every, every and, week or every and, couple and that's weeks what or it, something. And that's what it was. Yeah. Like I was like the guy for those shows. Um 
And I think my first one was just the listening party for that record. Um, and so they had a DJ oh, there. So it one, was yeah. really easy. Yeah. But like when I walked in and like, you know, uh, try to figure out what that buzz was, there was, yeah, there was bad connections. There was bad buzz. Like feeder was like laying on top of XLRs. There was XLRs laying yeah. on top of feeder. Um, there was cables going this way, cables going that way. And I was it just was like, insane. Dude, this place is a mess. Yeah. And it's like, there was like, a hundred cables underneath the deck yeah. for like twenty channels. I'll never forget being that. used yeah. in on the console because I got back there and I like looked. I looked at the drums. There was like a keyboard rig. There was a guitar rig, Prince's guitar rig, and a bass rig. And I'm like, okay, so this is, you know, I looked. And I'm like, okay, this is like twenty channels maybe. And then, and as you saw, there was just a mountain. Of cables, yeah, because you there. brought me in and you were like, "Bro, I need your help. It'll be for you know this amount of hours, but it's at Paisley Park. We need to clean up a bunch of stuff. Uh, can you help?" And I'm like, "I've never been to Paisley Park. Fuck yeah!" yeah. And I walk in and I'm just like, "This is legendary. Like I can smell Prince, and it smells like oh. fucking like lavender and deliciousness." Yeah. And I was like, "It just smells like the way that I would think that Prince would smell." And but but like as far as like everything else, it was a fucking shit show. As far as like they're like, <laughs> you, know, you said like cables were fucking everywhere, going which way, and like it was just crazy. So we probably spent what like four hours. Yeah, we spent a good four, maybe five hours, yeah. ripping it all apart. Right. And then we came back the next day and put it all back together. I don't know. Did you come back? The I don't second know. Day? I just went one day. I think it was just, just the one. one. Yeah. Because so. I, I was I just started IPR in like that January, so I was okay. like even new to wrapping cables. So I just remember like going really fucking slow. Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah. It was, oh. but it was dope. It was really dope just being um, there. Uh, yeah. We we pulled everything apart. Everything. We ripped it all apart, and then um, I came in the next day and wired it all up. Um, and then, uh, I was able to do a rehearsal. I did a couple other shows in there and then, uh, <laughs> we got a visitor. Hey, Barry. Oh, it's Kitty. Yeah. Barry is our neighborhood killer. Oh, word. Yeah. He's is the your, mouse killer. Cat or... Oh, he's an amazing I wonder if he can cat. see him on the camera. Yeah. Probably not. But... No, he, he'll probably come and say hi though. What up, um, but uh, yeah, we had a couple shows, and then uh, Prince went off to Europe to do a few shows, and then he came back and completely struck the entire PA and ripped that stage out and ripped everything out. So we like Crazy. didn't even use, we didn't even use that um, for like more than a couple times. Hey, buddy, what's up, Kitty? Yeah, that's Barry. That's our neighbor's cat. He's he's the neighborhood mouse killer. He just like he just roams and roams he, around. yeah, he like leaves his just house at like two a.m. and then he'll be out till like six a.m. like a you know teenager, and then he'll just go back in and fall asleep, and then he'll sleep all day, and then he'll come back out again at like seven eight o'clock, <laughs> do a little hunting, and then go back in for dinner, and then that's amazing. Come out for the night. See him at all. He's the bomb. Probably not. He's probably too low. But yeah, that's and you can probably hear the birds too. Yeah, giving it the ambiance, the the feel of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'd only went to Paisley Park twice, and um, the second time you hired me f- to help with this uh, Justin Timberlake 
album listening party um uh, yeah. for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. And it was it was just a setup and it was crazy cuz like we get there and it, what there was like maybe like 30 people involved in that like whole ordeal mm-hmm. and I didn't expect you to be basically running the whole thing. Like it, like you we had like the morning meeting and you were like the one running the show like as far as like telling everybody what to do and shit and I was just like damn Mingy like you are the fucking man. You are a fucking <laughs> boss, bro. Like it, well, that was crazy. That was dope. Yeah. And I you mean, I mean with the the stuff you've done with Paisley man and like you had people like in Prince's entourage at your wedding. It was like the purple section basically in your wedding and I was just like, bro. Just proud, man. Just a proud proud homie, man. Thanks, buddy. Like you've just been killing it over these years, man. I mean, to go from uh from puking at Sally's right? to uh to and running I'm around now. naked <laughs> Missy's swimming <laughs> pool. Missy's pool and her dad <laughs> just shaming me. <laughs> Did he catch you? Oh yeah. Well he didn't catch me in the act because I think he was too embarrassed to like come out and shut the thing down. But Missy went in that night to like go grab, you know, water or go grab something and her dad was like, So what in the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> I didn't hear about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you knew what was going on. Yeah, um, just so many freaking days and nights of of that. Yeah, like, I guess just kind of getting getting back to that. I mean, we went so chronologically. I guess if you want to go through this, and uh, we went from Sally's, then I went to the Dinky Towner, and dude, the Dinky Towner, yeah. Towner, man, that was like one of my favorite joint, dude. I love that, like the Dinky Towner. That was like the hip hop spot, bro. Yeah, not even, not even. Not, that, well, not just hip hop, but I mean, just music, music in, in general, general. Like, like up and coming, even like even bigger. I mean, dude, Idea would come in and yeah. just drop, you Huge. know, just drop Idea. Watch like, me perform. Oh. Like I performed in front of Idea. I almost shit my pants at the Dinky Towner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't be the first. I mean, a lot of people shit their pants at the <laughs> yeah. Dinky Towner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was just such a cool spot. Like any, like any person, um, that wanted to book that room was available. You know, like we never discriminated against anybody, like against music, uh, against culture, anything like everything was really welcome. I mean, we even did like karaoke Sundays. Like it was funny. Even some of the Sundays there was like nobody there. So like me and the bartenders would like drink. Yeah. And have breakfast and sing karaoke to each other. Um that that was that was absolutely unreal. So many um, great nights at that venue, man. Uh, they had the best breakfast. The bacon, if you remember, was like this big by like this thick. I don't know if I ever had their breakfast. I don't Dude. remember if I was ever that there that early. <sighs> no. They serve breakfast all day. Oh, it was 21st. I'm saying, like, like you could give Tex-Mex, like, Probably the then. best Tex-Mex yeah. in town. I mean, it was, like, world famous uh, for their Tex-Mex, and they would serve it at 2 a.m., you know, because they were open. Oh, yeah. They were open till 2, and I just yep. remember, like, all the artists that would, like, come in and just, like, rock the mic and then just eat a fat plate at, yep. like, 1 a.m., you know, midnight. And they always had their kitchen open. It wasn't, like, days like now. It's like, where places shut down at 10 o'clock right and you know nothing is open that's what kind of i mean that's the one thing that i really miss about um 
you know, living in this day and age is like, we'll get off a gig or something like late at night. I'm like, oh, what's open? Not even gas stations. I went to the holiday on Maple Grove Parkway and it was closed. Really? Yeah. Like, um, the main gas station in Maple Grove, you know, was closed at midnight. That's crazy. Gosh, this is just dumb. And like, uh, a lot of, you know, I really feel bad and I really feel sorry. And it's just so heartbreaking, um, to know like the labor forces and like businesses are just so down just because nobody's going to work yeah. anymore. You know, it's a, it's a tough situation, man. I mean, especially like, because I mean, my mom died from COVID. So it's just like, it's just been a whirlwind. Like, I don't even know what to think still, you know, like, I don't even know what to freaking think about the whole thing. I still can't still think about it i just still can't comprehend everything i just try my best to you know keep myself and my family safe and stuff like that and i just it's hard it's hard to have like when you when you, especially when somebody you're that close with you see how the effects of it and you see how they pass and you're in the room with them as they pass like it just it does something to you and you just don't view the whole thing in the same way so it's just like well, I feel for all the businesses, but also like the lives, man. Like, I mean, it's it's affected everybody. I yeah. mean, like everybody in in so many different ways, from businesses to personal to like people's, just everything. So it's yeah. just crazy. Like, I still don't know how to wrap my head around the whole thing, and I, it's hard to it's hard to even have any sort of, I don't know, opinions on it other than just like what the fuck. Like, because yeah. everything is just so what the fuck about it, you yeah. know? I, I don't know. So, so yeah, man, it's just been, it's been a whirlwind last couple of years. Because, I mean, you, they, they shut you down completely with live shows. I mean, that, that shut down fucking everything in 2020. Yeah, I, I guess I just don't really want to talk about it. Just yeah, because I totally understand. It's just such a letdown as far as, um, and it's such a there's so many varying opinions on it and that's the thing it's like everybody has an opinion on the way that things should be i don't really i i don't even i'm saying brandon like i don't like trying not to like state facts or anything but like even just like talking about it um it's scary yeah nowadays that people can voice their opinions and get shut down right um and like to be in this format, like talking about it, um, what's really jacked up is that um, if people speak their minds, let's just take a simple example, like Nicki Minaj, like her stating her mind, um, pretty much basically saying "f the government," and they like blacklisted her, and now everybody's just like you know, mongering her. Yeah, they, they took it too far. I mean, what, what she said was kind of funny, though. I mean, with the whole, like... Well, that's the, what I'm saying. The is... way that she, like, worded it and stuff. But I don't think she should be... I, I like I like Nicki Minaj. I fuck with her music. Like, I don't think she should be canceled for stating what she, right. she stated, you know? Well, so, so that's what I'm getting at, is that, like, you know, people can get canceled so easily now. Yep, like that. Like that. Um, by just having an opinion. So your opinions get you in trouble now, which is fucking stupid because anybody can have a conversation conversation. and an opinion and think what they want to think. And this is why 
this whole mandates and vaccination and this, that, and the other, um, you look at it from an outsider's perspective. Now, paying respect to what has happened within the last few years and and how it has affected everybody's lives, not to sound like a conspiracy theorist or whatnot, but um, when you see the government shutting down people's opinions, like freedom of speech for making those opinions based around a subject, you know something's going on. Kind of like, you know, anybody that spoke out against, like, 9-11 or, like, anything that's going on, like, within the Iraq War. Right. Um, Afghanistan, this, that, and the other. Like, stuff is getting clouded. Yeah. And you see it. And and not a lot of people notice it just because you only pay attention to Fox News. Right. Or you only pay attention to this CNN yeah. outlet. You right. know, you either got CNN or you got Fox, Fox News, right? Yeah. And it's just, Too like, completely... both of them are fucked. Two you know? completely different viewpoints, but I mean, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like when you, when you get, and like when you have Fox news and when you have CNN, you get all these opinions like everywhere, then people don't know what the truth is. They don't know exactly. what, what the facts are. And so that, that, and that's why like, I, I was very big, like before my mom passed about like stating my opinions on like, you know, this and that and this and that and like about covid and all that stuff and you know i i'm i'm pro vaccine i'm pro you know keeping safe and pro social distancing all that stuff but i don't feel like preaching it anymore because like after going through what i went through it's 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 such a personal thing that it's like if 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 i were to get mad at everybody with a differing opinion i would be mad at fucking it right. Every, uh, everybody all the time yeah you know so it's like I can't I can't really fight it. Um like it's not going to change what's going on. So I want to do my part by like having one-on-one conversations with people, civil conversations with homies and stuff about it. Um and it it's just it when when opinions get into it and when people start start stating differing facts and all that stuff, that's when things just get murky, you know? Yeah. Like things just get um Cause it's like there is, you know, no clear facts on like what people need to do, you know. Because there's just this person says this per- this thing, this person says that. So it's like I don't know, man. I I I I just feel for everybody right now. You know, it's it's just it's a fucking rough fucking time. You know. Yeah. I do know that, um, you know, life is good. And and reflecting on where we've where we've come from and like where we're about to go, um, uh, I hope that we can stay the route as far as um, the progress that we've made over over the last year, and um, you know shows coming back and people actually getting back into a room and like people actually working because. If we don't keep working and we don't keep the circulation of the economy running, I mean, it's still what what I was getting uh, to before, um, the labor being down. Uh, you know, if people don't get back to work, um, 
if if our government just keeps giving money like i'm i'm really surprised i get a tax credit every month for a chi- it's a, called a child tax credit there are people starving in this world that actually need this money i have no say in it right and they're probably going to take it away from me now that it's that it's out there but um i get a child tax credit every month because of what's going on in the world now that's right. messed up like you know so what i try to do is i try to donate that money um i give a lot to charity um that's good and uh and 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 the thing the thing is is like there are people that don't deserve it like like myself um that are using it to their full advantage you know to go buy whatever they want to go on a vacation or you know give it to whoever if they want or keep it and go buy you know a box of cigars i don't know whatever that's their prerogative but um the thing is is that like people are choosing not to go back to work as well because they are getting welfare or they're getting you know the unemployment checks still yeah um, my unemployment ran out um but there's still other people that are actually still getting unemployment um and so why would they ever go back to work when they're making just enough by sitting on their butt playing video games yeah day, that is a know? problem but i also think it comes down to um there's another side of it where and i know that a lot of companies can't afford it but like companies don't pay good wages you know, so like people are like, well, you know, I this company doesn't fucking pay well. So why why even fucking work? So it's a, like a, it's a weird fucking like balance like it, it, that's going on right now like or unbalance, I should say, because um, like jobs do need to pay better. Like m- most jobs pay fucking shit. So I don't know, man. It's 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 a tough, tough situation. I don't feel like there's any sort of clear answers to it yet yeah you know all i know is that the gas station down the street is hiring at 18 dollars an hour oh really when i was a kid and i could make 18 dollars an hour i mean that's nuts yeah mcdonald's starting is 15 dollars an hour if i was 15 years old and i was making 15 dollars an hour you know what we would do we would buy the biggest bag of weed in the fucking world (laughs) you know like, <laughs> if I was 15 and I could go into McDonald's and make $15 an hour, like, that's absolutely insane. Right. Um. You know, but again, now a sheet of wood is $48 for a 4 by you know, for a 4 by 8 sheet of plywood. That's insane. Mm-hmm. It used to be $15 in, like, 2019. Right. You know? Um... They say, oh, well, we we can't manufacture enough to keep with the, you know, keep up with the demand and this, that, and the other. No, they can. It's just, why would they ever choose to lower their price? They're making quadruple, you know, uh, right. you know, quadruple the amount that they were making. So why would they ever go back to being $15 a sheet if they know that they're going to make yep. it no matter what? See, every, the demand is always fucked. there. Yeah. You know? nothing has changed. Like, yes, there has been things that have changed, but nothing has changed. Like, you have supply, you have demand, you have a factory that makes it. COVID hit. Now, like, yes, um, you know, the labor pool has gone down, but all these companies and all these corporate companies that I've, you know, that I work for and do these shows for, 
they haven't they've brought back almost 98 if not 100% of their crew back on staff you know um if not full time part time you mm-hmm. know and not i'm not saying every company has done that right. but like if you're in a manufacturing plant they have definitely brought their entire labor uh source back only because um the supply is there and they're yep. so backed up. Like you put in an order for say siding, you know, you might get it next year. Yep. You know? Um now I don't know why, like obviously like the year set them back and so they had so many orders throughout. But um but yeah, the the price, I mean the price will not change. And there's there's been a lot of economists or economists right yeah economists, uh, yeah that say that it's going to go down but i really don't think it's going to yeah it's um like if i was crazy. if i was in business if i was in business and i charge a price and because of of the demand you know um is so high i'm going to charge this price now right, right. well now a few years go by and i'm like mm, maybe i should lower my price again it's like no, I'm just going to wait until, like, those gigs. Like, it's it's kind of like what I'm doing now. I'll get calls for, like, you know, some guys, they're like, hey, I can only pay you 100 bucks. Can you come, you know, do this, you know, bar show? And I'm like, no. Like, that's not, that's not what I do anymore. Like, right. that's not in my repertoire just right. because, like, uh, you know, not to sound arrogant or anything, but, you've but like worked I'm, I'm past, past that, that. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, and like to, I know to that get if where I you are. turn this gig down, right. I know I'm gonna get my rate yep. somewhere else. Yep. You know, exactly. at, at some other gig. So like, there's just no point in me accepting that hundred dollar gig because I know I'm probably gonna get a call the next day for that same date, giving me my day rate. Right. You know. So, you know, that's just that's just the nature of the business. Yeah. You know, um, so. Going back to wood, you know, being $48 a sheet, I don't think that's ever going to change. Yeah. Because it's been like that for right. almost two years now. Yeah. So why would they ever lower it? Yeah. And just the 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 demand for it will always be there. Right. You know, like people are not going to stop building houses or stop buying wood because there's not going to be like a different product that is going to undercut them, you know. Yeah. Like. There's just not, you know, you're, you're going to go buy a two by four and that's a two by four, you know? So whatever price that they, you know, charge, you're going to go and you're going to buy a two by four. Yeah. You're just going to, you know, you're going to say a lot more F bombs when you get the bill, uh, rather than being like, okay, I can, I can afford this or. Yeah. And I I think it just comes down to, like I said, like there's just no clear cut answer for any of it. And I wish, I wish there was, I wish there was some unifying freaking thing that we could say, like, this is how we solve this problem. This is what's going to get it through it. And everybody can agree on it and we can just beat it. But it's like, there, there's always going to be this like differentiating opinion. Like one person has this opinion, this person, and it's like group think like, this group of people thinks this, this group. So it's just, it's overwhelming for me. So like, I, especially going through what I've gone through, you know? So like all of it is just overwhelming. So I, half the time, like I really don't even get into it. You know, I, I'll talk about my mom and you know, that type of stuff, but like the whole COVID conversation, it's, it's hard. 
because it's like when it when when it hits you personally, and I know for you per- personally, it hit your business. You like you weren't fucking working all all year. Like really hit you. So like you're coming it from that perspective. I'm coming from it from from a completely different perspective. So like you have all of these differentiating opinions on this major problem. It's just it's it's hard and it's exhausting. And I I wish there was something that we could all just come to an agreement on on how to handle it. So, cause I, I, I feel like, I feel like there's gotta be, you know, but it just, there's all these factors that go along with it. So I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, and people can talk about it all freaking day until they're blue in the face, but yeah, it's like, what is, what is it going to do? You know? Yeah. So, so we get back to our exactly. uh, regularly scheduled, uh, talk about, uh, um, Paisley Park. No, Dinky Towner. Oh, Dinky Towner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where Eric Burton used to hang from the pipes. That was crazy. That was dope. His guitar Ooh. fucking playing, like, he, he, he made that shit. Like, he, oh my God, dude, like, those parallax shows, like, for anybody that is watching that has heard of the band Crunchy Kids, they used to be three of those guys used to be in a band called Parallax. Parallax. And with with another guy, um, and eight oh eight, they uh, th- they were the best there. Like they were Dinky Towner, bro, for me. Like yep. when I think about those shows, I think about Chance York, Eric Burton, Marcus, and Tyler. And they would sell out like every time that they played. There would be like busloads coming from Mankato because they were going to Man- uh, Mankato State at the time. Yep. Um, and uh, there would be busloads coming from Mankato uh, just to see the show and then they'd bus back. Um, and it was, I mean, it was sweaty. It was, I mean, the Dinky Towner peeps, if you don't know about it, uh, it was this dinky bar. Yeah, it was in, a hole in the wall in, dinky bar. In, yeah, in, Dinky in Town, the, in college dinky area. Town, yeah. Where Dinky Town back in the day. Now today, it's skyscrapers and high rises, yep. all brand new, all remodeled, super high end. But like back in the day, it was like college party town. Yep. And it was like, I mean, the streets smelled like piss yep. and beer. You know. Uh, it was absolutely amazing, and um, and Carnage would do shows, dude. Yep, the, Carnage one of Executioner, the best yep. shows that I've ever seen, I think, uh, in my life. But there was him and Bill Mike band. It was Steve Gould on drums, Chris Morrissey on band. bass. I don't them. Dude, it was nasty. There was only like, and what's crazy is that like at that show, there was only like maybe like 25, 50 people there. And, um, you know, this, this place could like fit maybe 300 tops, but it was like nuts to butts. Like it was this, you know, the pit could only hold like 50 people, Yeah, you know? And you were like, I mean, it was the size of this patio, you know? Crazy. Um, but like, you know, so when you get a good show like Parallax in there, like, you couldn't move. It right. was a C. Like yeah. you, you, yeah, you it was, could not move it was whatsoever. Small, yeah. Um and uh um yeah for like that Bill Mike show, like it was absolutely unreal because Bill Mike he was the guitar player. Um and Steve Gould is probably one of my favorite drummers, like top five favorite mm-hmm. drummers out of Minnesota. But um uh 
Yeah, with Carnage the Executioner. It was unreal. That was like one of my most memorable shows at the Dinky Towner. And then Parallax always played a ton. There was this um uh uh monthly Prof and Roz uh, would do yep. like drunk with Prof yep. and Roz. Back and when so Prof like, wasn't a solo artist, he had Roswell. Yeah. Well, I don't even know what that guy does now. But, I don't yeah. know. But uh but they would like take a drink after like every song and they'd perform like twelve songs or something. So like by the end of it, like you were supposed to like be the same, like drunk with Prof and Roz. Like was oh, the thing. Shit. It's like okay. you were supposed to like yep. you know, drink with them. Yep. Uh and they'd like do challenges and stuff. And so like by the end of it it was just an S show. Yeah. Um, but it was always like super fun just because like Ant from Atmosphere yeah, would show up would and drink his up, Budweisers yep. and have his food yep. and like everybody would just show up and yeah. it was always like a Minneapolis, you know, like hip hop hang. Yeah, so, I remember uh, Grease was there. Grease was a dick when I met him. Okay. God, I just want to get into that for a second. Like, I thought I thought he I, was based in Seattle. I thought he, he was is, in Seattle, dude. He is based in Seattle, but, but he, but would he come had a and bunch perform. of friends. I mean, he's on Rhyme Sayers now and they're based in Minneapolis. Um, yeah. so he would like always had friends like in the underground hip-hop scene here yep. you know i don't know all rhyme sayers probably since back in the day and like just just a bunch of locals and he was at the the dinky town and we actually had a few interactions on myspace because i had my bam bam beats you know like i had beats up and we we talked on there and like i i think i remember him liking my beats hmm. and so like i i went up to him and was like yo what's up man and we uh we met on MySpace and talked a little bit on Bam Bam Beats, blah, blah, blah. And he just, like, kind of looked at me. And then he just started talking to his friend. was just like, yeah, remember Bam Bam, blah, 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 blah. And, like, was talking about, like, some other Bam Bam. There's, like, a wrestler or something. But, like, he, like, completely, like, ignored me. And, like, you know, talked to him. I'm like, all right, fuck you then. So, like, oh. I, like, it completely spoiled Greaves' music after that. I think that was, like, oh, wow. 2009-ish, probably. Like, right before it, it okay. shut down. Yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't look at Greaves the same after that, but no, I mean, but maybe but, you have that way. Everybody hates you right. and they like end up and loving And then they end you. up loving me once they get to know me. <laughs> I guess I just have that fucking effect of, you know, that, that uh, reputation. Um, this is a disclaimer to everybody. You're going to hate Brandon and then, uh, you're going to actually love him even more. Uh, just give him like a week. Just have a conversation then, with me. Yeah. Just, ex- just have exactly. a conversation. Just give him a just, try. Just give me a try. Just Give him a chance. I'm a nice guy. Come You'll on. You'll love him. Come exactly. On. He's really a nice guy, actually. Really. For real. But yeah, man, um, I mean, those days were fucking incredible because then I, t- 2009, when, when Dickie Towner shut down, we were actually recording from like, I want to say like February of that year to like May. We were recording my album, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, we did your record. Yep. Jay Gats. I did Parallax's record, yep. and then I did uh, Dro's record, like because you yep, Dro. like produced yep, like a bunch for yep, Dro, yep. and then I like recorded with a band called Mellow Roar, and then Bloodroot Mother, yep. and I like record all those cats out of Trucaderos, which was my next job, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, and then we did you did Trucaderos, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I can't even remember the years, but like, um, I graduated IPR. It was a short time span, man. You grew in yeah. like two years. It was crazy. I worked at Sally's. Then I went to Dinky Towner, and that was my first like 
live sound job yeah. really because like i was like the house guy there right yep. so i was doing the dinky towner and i was only there for a year it was weird like i was on a year trip like i only did jobs for a year i worked at guitar center for a year i worked at dinky towner for a year i worked oh even before then i worked at perkins for a year i worked at applebee's for a year and before that i worked at perkins again i went from perkins applebee's perkins and then uh burger king my first job, I worked there for a year. It's weird. Like I, I worked like a year, year, year everywhere span, yeah. I was That's all crazy. the way up until like now. Like a couple companies I work for now has been like years, right? Which, thank you, yep. thank you guys for employing me for longer than that, and I haven't yeah. fired myself since then. It's crazy because yeah, oh nine, um, you were like you were working at Trocadero's, and we yeah. we finished my album, Mr. Nice Guy. We found out like as we were wrapping up, Mr. Nice Guy, within the last days, that. Dinky Towner shut down. Yeah. And I remember hearing that news. We were at Jake's when I we found out. And we were like, holy shit, that's crazy. So when in that time, because you moved to Austin. I moved right? to Austin, Texas. I was playing in a band. Like when when in that time did you move? Well, so before that, like 2008, uh, I recorded my band, yeah. Castle. And I recorded the band, and I wasn't in the band at the time. And then we had finished the record. And um, they hit me up. It was like a Tuesday. And they hit me up and was just like, hey, man, we got a show Friday. Can you come and fill in for Jeff? Because Jeff's MIA. Jeff was the drummer at the time. He's like, he's MIA. We can't find him. I don't know. We have a show Friday. We need you to fill in. And I was just like, okay. Like, I know I know all your material. Yeah. No problem. And... uh. Um, so I, re you know, we rehearsed Wednesday, we rehearsed Thursday and then played Friday and killed. And then, uh, oh, Brownie no, is, is now a dog going to, going to come up and say no. what up. <laughs> Actually, that's Mocha. Mocha's chasing bunnies. Love it. Bunny. Anybody can interrupt this podcast cause yeah. we, we outside, we out in the country, yo, we out here. Um, Anyways, so uh, Crush It, and then I started being in a band, and uh, we did our CD release party January of 2009, and we had such a successful Minnesota following that we had the bright idea of moving to Austin, Texas, and doing the same thing, which I don't know why we couldn't have just toured. Yeah. Like, like any normal band right. would. Like, hey, let's go on tour and build a following in Texas. No, we have to fucking move, move, leave everything behind, pack up all of our stuff, and move our band. I lived on the floor for like nine months, but uh, between that time, I was flying back to do your record and to yep. like mix, because like we had yeah. recorded a bunch of you it. Just um, finished. I think you finished the mix, and then you and then you left. I think I don't yeah. think you came back to to finish the mix. You, cause, cause you had, you had, fin we finished the album. We got it mastered. You moved, and you had already book helped me book my album release party at Trocadero's. Yep. And you were gonna fly back to fucking run sound for my my yeah, for show that you booked. Party. You yep. helped me book, and we had like, we had fucking, I got like 
tons of flyers for it. We had just been promoting like crazy. I mean, we were like, this is going to be a dope turnout. And weren't you at the airport getting ready to fly back? Yes. And you told me the Trocadero shut the doors? I got a call from my buddy that was yeah. uh, there at the time, Ryan Guanzen. He uh, like took over my gig um, when I left. And he hit me up and was just like, hey, dude, uh, Trocadero's is closed. I'm just like, well, yeah, it's like 11 o'clock. Like, they don't <laughs> yeah, you're thinking open like, literally until like, like noon. close for the night like, or whatever. Or they day. don't open until lunchtime because they usually didn't open until like lunchtime. And it was like, yeah, probably like 10 30, 11 o'clock. And I'm like, yeah, they don't open until like lunch hour. And he's like, no, dude, like, I'm here and there's a sticker on the front, like, Trucadero's is closed. Peace out. Like, up for sale. Yep. Um, and so I was just Dude, like, uh, that was devastating. Okay, and I was in the airport. Yeah, I was. I was in the airport. I will never forget that you called and so me. So I called you, and I was and just, just like, like, "Dude, Trocadero's is closed." Like what? But and... bro, if it weren't for that though, like it's like everything leads to something. Like yeah. if it weren't for that, like I, you know, you couldn't. I think you still ended up coming back. We just partied or whatever. And uh, um, I came back for the week. Yeah, so you came back for the week. We we hung out a bunch, but I was like, "Fuck, I got to figure out a release party." But if it weren't for that, like, I probably wouldn't have gotten into booking shows because I ended up booking it myself. Yeah. Um, because Barfly ended up giving me a shot. Like, I tried. I don't remember how many venues. I was sending emails like crazy, and Barfly was like one of the only ones that was like, "Oh shit, this is promising." And they, you know there was like a two hundred dollar deposit. You get it back if you make you know however many whatever. Um, so I put down on the two hundred dollar deposit, and we got like one fifty through the door, which I think we probably would have done like three hundred if it would have stayed at Trocadero's. But needless to say, that was my first time booking, and that led to like me basically like running Nice Guy Entertainment and being known for my booking. Yep. For a while. That's yeah. awesome. It's crazy. You know, it's funny that you say. Um... Everything happens for a reason, because that's been kind of like my motto my entire life. But that week that that show got canceled back in June, it was my birthday week. And because like we had planned it like June 29th. Yeah, it was it something like that. Or twenty seventh yeah, like or something. 20, yeah, between, like it was that. It was week. between 26th and 29th. I know that for sure. Right. Yeah. Um. So it was not only like my birthday celebration and back in the day you know me like we would rage yeah, hard on my birthday rage, we yeah. would bring like a hundred people just alone yep. together to like rage um we'd always do fourth of july yep but in between there within that week like before the fourth of july party that weekend brianna was doing a party and nemo was spinning it like uh brianna was doing like a like a like a benefit party, like for I can't remember what the benefit or what the foundation was, but we went to Bree's house, and I showed up, and my wife was there. Now well, that's when you started wife, dating Amy, yeah. And you know what's funny is we actually went to the studio like that week. We went to the studio. We were either mixing the Mellow Roar record we were working on. We were working on some record. I can't remember what record we were working on. It might have been Dro. I, I can't remember. But we were at the gas station, at the Holiday gas station. And we ran into Amy. 
And, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, for and sure. And I yeah. was filling up for gas. Sure. I think and we were Amy working comes on... out, and I'm walking, and I'm just like, Yeah, I remember Damn, that. Damn, baby girl, we were together. What's up? Yeah, I, I do remember that for sure. And yep. and we just started talking, and I was just like, and I was like, Amy, and um, yeah, we ran into each other, and I was just like, Hey, what are you doing, like? Friday night, and she's like, oh, I think I'm going over to Brianna's, and I'm just like, awesome, I'm going to be there as well, and uh, we got into the car, and I'm sure I said some vulgar stuff. Probably. Um, That's your style. But uh, that Friday, we went to Brianna's house, and I made it my point to, like, plant that seed and so like the entire night i was talking with amy schmoozing the the entire night and i walked her back to her car like a gentleman that i am and uh yeah i I seduced her i uh gave her a big fat (laughs) smooch and like we made out at her car and kind of the rest was history i actually invited her up to the cabin then the following weekend so that was like Friday, um, like Friday, Saturday, uh, like birthday weekend. And then 4th of July is always the next weekend after that. So um, we, yeah, we kissed at Brianna's and then um, we kind of like had a weekend together uh, at the cabin for 4th of July. And that was like the first weekend where we were just like, hey, I kind of like you. And what was weird and what was funny and, like, I felt so bad for her because my family is just so overbearing sometimes when they meet new people, like, just thrown to the wolves. Like, my Uncle Jerry, like, I don't know if you remember him. but I have Uncle, Uncle Jerry as well. Yeah. And... Uncle Jerry was just like, oh, who's this? Because, like, we were sitting next to each other. He's like, oh, is this your girlfriend? Oh, <laughs> jeez. And, like, I was just like, <laughs> no. One of those uncles or like, something. She's just like... Jeez, jeez! Like uh, the whole time, there was like my uncle Jerry, my uncle Don, my parents even asked, like, I was just like, "Oh, who's this girl?" and blah blah blah. And um, I probably embarrassed her probably like ten or fifteen times, but like luckily she didn't mind just because like she had friends around and like yep. we just had like a ton of people there and it was just a party, um, so it wasn't as bad, but uh. But we, like, kind of made it official. Like, official but unofficial because we didn't, like, you know, we knew each other. We were friends. Like, we had known each other since, like, 03. So from high school. And, like, you know, we were all in the same friend group. And then, like, I went off and did, like, my whole, like, rocker thing. And she, like, went to, you know, she was going to school at the time. And, um, and we kind of just like fell into each other's laps, you know? And, uh, and then I flew home and I, you know, slept on the floor for another like five months. Um, I think it was up until September is like when I actually moved back from, I think it was only from Austin. So was it only like. Like a few months? April, April to. Was it April that you moved? Then March, you... March. Oh wow! Because uh, we went down so you for had... South by. Oh, then if if you moved, I don't remember you moving. Because we, then we did because we didn't finish Mister Nice Guy until like May. So, but that April, wouldn't May. make any sense. I uh, think I might have flown back twice 
like to when finish I my album? when I was when I was um when I was in Texas, I flew back twice. I know oh, okay. I, I I know I flew back or I yeah. I know I know I flew back twice just because um I thought it was just dumb that I was flying back so many times to work because I had to because I wasn't making a living in Austin. Yeah. Like me being All of your, stubborn your own network was here, yeah. Exactly. Me well and also when I quit Guitar Center, when I put in my 2 weeks for Guitar Center, I vowed and I funny thing, I I still have kept my promise. Um, I vowed never to take like a job that I wasn't happy about. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go to like a holiday. I wasn't going to go back to a guitar center. I wasn't going right. to go get a job that I didn't want to do if it wasn't music. Like yeah. I, at that time I was really stubborn and I just didn't want to do anything but music. So, um, so in order to pay for hot dogs and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that I was living off of, uh, I, I had to fly home yeah, and, uh, work on records. But in the end, by the, by the time September came, I had 50 bucks left in my account. Damn. I had like run up a credit card bill. I actually had like four credit cards at that time that had like $4,000 max credits and I think I ran up all of them to like maxed out. So I had like a $16,000 like bill, credit card bill that I wasn't able to make minimum payments on, which I like closed. I like ruined my credit. Um, I had 50 bucks left in my account and I was like, I had a choice. I was like, either A, I stay in Austin and I still give it a try. And I was fighting with the band at the time now I'm I'm like really good close friends to them again. I love Tyler and I love Hutch and you know I really really loved and value my time. But um, with them, but uh, that was like my rock bottom moment because I just remember like yeah I was sleeping on the floor like my I had an air mattress that I moved down there with and that popped um, oh, shit. or like kept deflating yeah. so I'd have to like inflate it like two times a night and by the end like by the end of the course since i was there for like five months by the time september came around um it just would not stay afloat so i was like sleeping on the floor damn uh in my bedroom and that shit sucked because it was just rock hard right and anyways but um so yeah i had 50 bucks and i was like you know what i had the chevy celebrity at the time and it got 30 35 miles a gallon which Car manufacturers, y'all still suck. Yeah. Because I was getting 35 miles a gallon in my 89 Chevy Celebrity. It is now 2021. And granted, we have electric cars, but still my truck or a standard car SUV only gets 20 miles a gallon. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Little plug there. Uh, Yeah. So, anyways... uh, I packed up the car, and uh, we got evicted. Technically, we got evicted, but we got, like, we essentially broke our lease. Like, it was, like, I told the band, I was like, look, guys, I got to move back. I don't have any money. Like, 
it's just not going to work out. Yeah. So we're like, okay, cool. So everybody moves back. Like Tyler, Tyler rides with me. He goes to his dad's, uh, which was in South or Nebraska at the time. And then Hutch was living in South Dakota, but he had the van. So he drove separate. He had all his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I packed up my car and I, and I drove back. Um, I ran out of gas uh, in my driveway. I made up. I made it up halfway up my driveway, and I ran out of gas. Damn. And I just parked my car there, and my dad comes home. It was like late at night, or something like that. My dad like wakes me up, and he's just like, "Uh, why did you park like halfway up the driveway?" And I was just like, "I ran out of gas." And he's <laughs> like, "Crazy!" Oh, shit. He's like, right oh, when you man. got home. That's he's like, insane. He's like, "Well, I gotta go to work because it was like five a.m." He's like, "Well, I gotta go to work, so you gotta move your car." I'm like, "Okay." So I just threw it in neutral and just like backed it down the backed it down the driveway and just parked it on the road, uh, you know, in, at the Elk River house. Yeah. Just parked it on the road and he lent me like twenty bucks or something like the next day to like um, to go fill up. Yeah, we like went and filled up a five gallon yep. you know bucket at the gas station right down the street and brought it back and filled her up. Damn. I had gas for the week or whatever, and then um, then I was back. And so I, I, I can't remember. So I started at Trucadero's, and I hadn't had a house gig since then. I think then one of my, like, main gigs, I was at um, this bowling alley, Delano Lanes. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was called something else. I can't remember. I can't remember what the bar was called, but yeah, it's Delano Lanes now. Um, uh, so I had like a house gig there, and then uh, and then I started working at the poorhouse, and like between that time, I was making records. So I always like split my time like kind of fifty fifty. Like I was making records and I was running live sound, but not until like. You know, I, I started working for, like, some bands as well, like uh, the Truckers um, and then Lost Highway. And then now now fast forward, you know, five years, you know, coming from Truckadero's being t- 2009, now you bring it up to 2014, which was, I, I swear, like, 2014, 2015, kind of like... It it was like such a flip, you know. Yeah. Um, it that's was, it when was... I started IPR finally, and that's when like Nice Entertainment started. Yeah. So that was for me too. That was. But oh, I, I totally forgot. Like the whole touring days, I went on tour with New Medicine. Like that oh, was yeah. all. Yep. 2010, 2011, 2012, that was right 2013. After you got back. Yeah. Yeah. So that whole stint, 2010, 11, 12. 13 was all new you medicine were running live sound for and them four on letter tour, lie. Yeah, and four letter lie and man it's it's crazy yeah. to like think like you know i i gotta write a book because these podcasts i i love you know sitting and talking with you dude but like there are moments that like i kind of skip and there's so much that i kind of want to say and like you know you know me the the long-winded the, the the responses yes yeah and i like i go (laughs) off on so many tangents like we would be here all day which i don't even know what time it is like my wife has got 606 i think we started at like four yeah i I gotta write a book about this because like 
2011, man, all the touring stores, I could like go on for three hours Dude, just about up. all the stories from like my touring days yeah. from like those, you know, 2010 to 2014. And then I was going to fast forward in 2014. I was working for Lost Highway and the truckers. Like, I mean, they kept me really busy. So like you getting were busy back, as hell, man, because that's when we I mean, we didn't stop hanging out, but like I saw you a lot less like when you when you got back home basically after you know after 2010 and that's when i started dating becky but um like i saw you a lot less because you were so busy yeah i mean you just got hella busy with like touring and live sound and all that stuff and and then i actually because i was thinking about it for years but i finally because of uh, because of you and because i always wanted to go there started at ipr in 2014 and I started my journey of like building what's I'm still building and figuring out what it is, but nice entertainment. And, um, it, yeah, it was all because of you, man. I mean, like seeing what you did just really inspired me. And, and I wanted to kind of have a, not the same experience, obviously, cause we're two different people, but I wanted a similar experience to just grind at, at IPR. And I'm glad that I waited 10 years to be honest. Cause I mean, if I would have gone when I was, 19 like i was in you know thinking about i I feel like i wouldn't have been responsible man i I was like the one the one in our group that like i didn't have a driver's license i didn't have a full-time job like i was working part-time like i i just feel like i would have fucked off i just would not have been responsible but as an adult i was like 20 i think i was i turned 29 right after i started ipr and i killed it bro i mean like i'm i'm still I was like, like you, like I took that, that inspiration and I just like stayed in the studio. I started Nice Entertainment, you know, like a record label and I fucking made records and, um, recorded sounds and just have massive stuff that I'm still able to use to this day because I, I spent so many years, like as I I went part-time, so I, I ended up, I think just under four years in my whole IPR experience, but I was able to use their studios for like six years. So in that time, like I just built a whole like library and started a career. Like it's been a slow start, but I'm finally able to make money off of what I do finally. And, and uh, I'm still working a day job. So I haven't quite made that leap yet. Maybe I should just do the Mingy route and just be like, I'm done making a vow to just, just live off the, the music. But I haven't quite made it there, but you, it, it's because of you that I went that route. And, you know, I, I just really appreciate your, um, that inspiration and that, you know, motivation and all the, and just be always being just a, a positive light in my life, man. It's been, it's been a, it's been a crazy journey. It's been almost what 17, it's been 17 years now. It's almost 20 years Wow. since we began this journey. That's insane. insane. That's even like, insane to think about right um you know as 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 time goes by and just to kind of see and like reflect um it's kind of conversations like this just to see like how much um you know how much we've all kind of grown and and to see like you know because when i look back uh even watching my son, my, my son is kind of like a timestamp, right? Like he's five, you know, mm-hmm. and he's going to be six here soon. Yep. 
And then you think back, it's like, man, that was just yesterday. Yeah. And But then you think about what you've done in the last six years. And then you think about like our conversations like, man, oh, what about 2012 or like 2009 or whatever? And I'm like, man, that feels kind of like yesterday. And it doesn't seem that long ago. It really, yeah, it really doesn't. doesn't. It really does not it, yeah. seem that long ago. But then you look at it like I had 50 bucks, you know? And you have this now, and bro. And I have like, this now. That's like, crazy. It's honestly, it's it's almost overwhelming. Yeah. Like it's it's really crazy how much. Uh, I got five chickens. <laughs> you know, I got berries, <laughs> chickens, cat, bro. Like, yeah. Coming around, uh, I live on a lake. You know, got a boat. Yeah, dude. Um, I mean, you definitely like, are like the. I mean, I don't want to say because I don't want to downplay your struggles but you are the poster child of what success in the music business looks like for me at least like as far as i mean you don't you're not a superstar by any means but like you set out to make it in the in the industry and you did bro yeah like you fucking Um, did but i don't think of it that way i know you don't and because you're Um, a humble dude right um but i've just always thought of it's like i mean you know um i love working right and i love people yep um and those are that that's a winning success combination bro i don't i don't i don't i don't know i guess i don't know if it's like a level of ignorance or if it's a level of excellence where um i always i always try to uh, strive to be the, try to be better. Let's right. just say that. Like I don't want to be the best because I'll never call myself the yeah. best. Because there's always somebody. There's better always than me. somebody better. Yep. Um, but I'm always a student. Right. You know, uh, my I guess my success comes from just me fucking grinding every single Absolutely, day and yeah. just trying to be great at what I do and trying to learn as much as possible. Um, I guess the stuff like this doesn't mean or matter really to me. Right. Like it matters to me a lot that I can provide for my family. Right. That's a huge success. Like if I can have a roof over my, my family's head and I can watch my son sleep at night, that's the true success. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, um, like the fact that you, you know, you you're at a spot and you've been working to get to this spot where like, like you said, like you're able to provide, you're able to take care of your family. You're able, you have a nice home in a nice area. Like that to me is like the epitome of success, bro. I mean, like, and I, you're modest and you're humble. And so like, I know you don't look at it that way, but like, that's what it is. And you're, and you're, you know, for the most part, you're a happy fucking dude and you're happy with, your life and what you've done and what you've accomplished. That's success, bro. Like, yeah. and I know you, you won't say it that way, but like, that's what it is. And that's what everybody should strive for. Yeah. In my opinion, man. I mean, I just, I just think it's just a gift and a blessing to like, um, really it's just, uh, I mean, I've said it a hundred million times and I guess, you know, it's, it's weird just because I don't do interviews and what, you know, kind of like our little blurb uh, before we got started here is that not a lot of people know what, you know, what we know yeah. or 
between each other as far right. as our relationship. Um, I always give my thanks and blessings up to the man upstairs. Um, you know, and 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 kind of like what you said uh, before is like everything kind of snowballs into each other. Yep. And if I looked and if I pieced everything back from, you know, even from Burger King, uh, and from when I was 15, 20 years later, now I'm 35, I can link everything together and yep. just see like, see the connecting spider web of like the seeds of what I've planted from when I was young, prospering into the fruit of like what I have yep. now, you know, um, you know, um, and that's what greatness and, is, bro. And, I mean, I, I know you don't see it that way, like I said, but that's that's how that's success, bro. That's six, that's the American dream in a nutshell, like <laughs> achieved, you know. Oh. And you did it from doing stuff that you love, like like you said, like you never after you decided I don't want to work a job that I don't want to work, you know, you never did, and oh. you've stayed true to that. And you've built this. Like, I mean, bro, I mean, I know it's hard to give yourself credit, man, but that 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 deserves a lot of credit, man, because that's something that I'm still striving for in my own life. You know, like I, I'm 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 certain that I'm going to reach some level, but I know that it won't be until my forties probably, but like, cause I'm starting to kind of that's like fine. things are starting to to build for me, but I've gone on like and I've always gone on like a different journey than everybody else like i've always just kind of like strayed from the herd a little bit in like my things you're on the 10-year journey i'm, a, I'm on the 10-year journey exactly i'm 10 be 10 years behind everybody like i always joke um but yeah man i mean if i i can i can say like and that's why i wanted to get you on this podcast i mean not only because we're best friends but if anybody wants anybody to look up to you're a perfect dude for that because you're, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, you're you're the the most successful person I know as far as, like, your happiness level and, you know, what you've achieved and what you've done, man. So, like, it it means a lot to me, and it's something that, that has always been a good influence, and, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks, brother. Now that we are in 2021, how has... How have things been, like, getting back into the groove of, it's, of the live world? It's been absolutely amazing. I mean, as I said, like, summer, Minnesota, like, it's absolutely insane. You call so many different production companies, uh, especially this Saturday being the 25th. I don't know why, but everybody and their mother is booked, and um, there's a huge shortage of live guys. As really of, as of right now like if you that makes sense like here yeah. here's the thing like people go into ipr or anybody trying to get into the music world um live is where it's at you can do studio That's stuff true. like studio yeah. stuff is great but like in order to make a studio afloat or only just do studio stuff it is really tough like me being me um I have never supported myself 100% ever on studio work. On yeah. studio work. However, this past year, now I can say that going vice versa. I've never supported myself 100% on just live stuff right. either, just it's because it's always it's always a split. 
However, within the past five years, starting since 2014, that flip moment, yep. since 2014 and 2015, really, um, I have worked for practically three companies in town that employ me as a subcontractor. Um, three or four. Um, there's a few, like, trickles of another company in town as well that, like, you know, I might take a gig from or whatnot yep. but there's like mainly three or four companies that that employ me um all of my time and it's and it's all live work yeah so um uh you know i mainly only do corporate work now uh but as i said it's summer now yep so um you know a big account that we that that i i handle is the armory so uh mixing there so oh nice doing a ton of work at the armory um a ton of work uh just for corporate clients um you know uh the 3ms the general mills the blah 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 you know um target um, just being an audio guy for their sales meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a ton of other companies out there that we've done a lot of private work for, like video shootings, and I'd be like on the audio, like capture um, and mixing remote broadcasts oh, as well. Yep. Um, so the future, um, you know, people have always asked me that, and it's kind of kind of goes in the same realm of uh, like the successes. Like, yep. I don't know. I and I think I said this kind of like the last time I was uh, on on the podcast just a year ago is like, I don't know, you know, if I'll be working tomorrow, but all I know is that I'm still going to keep a positive attitude um, and just, you know, hope and pray that God's got a plan and I'm just going to kind of leave it in his hands and hope for the call. And uh, I'll answer the call and see if it works. You know, that's, that's all I can really kind of strive for. And like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't try to, um, push myself on others. Like I don't, I don't try to, um, I don't, I don't, I, I I really don't, uh, try to, uh, schmooze people Mm -hmm. like into like buying me as like, you know, as a, as a, as a product, you know, um, or as a laborer or as anything, you know, like, you know, if you want to work together, like, let's do it. Right. You know, if it works out, like, if, if you know, if the gig is right, I'll, I'll be there, you know? Um, and as as far as, like, the, the entertainment business uh, being there, I mean, it survived 2020, so it's going to survive 21, yep. and it's going to survive 2022. Yep. It's been around for hundreds of years, Yeah, right? I think it's just going to keep evolving. People are going to so, find new ways to do things and yeah. different ways of, of doing things. That's that's the you way I view it. You just have to adapt. I mean, I mean like, like, 2020, bro, and I, I, I finally went to a tax guy, which I've never yeah. done before. Like, um... And I didn't and make the best day. I didn't life. make that much on my side hustle, but at the same time, like I, you know, I, I, I was going through like my mom's stuff during that time, and so I asked for an extension. And the, just the other day, I, um, he was like, "What's your forecast for how much you're going to make for 2021?" Because he just wanted to know that. And I like, you know, I added up all my invoices and stuff, and I'm like, "Damn, it's September, and I've already made more." La- than I made last year on my side hustle and I didn't even realize it just because I've been doing the work and I've been you know mourning my mom and like all this stuff and I'm like damn I actually grew this year yeah like that's crazy Sad. so it's just like you don't really 
think about it until, you know, I don't remember my exact point, but um, you don't really think about it until you kind of look back and you're just like, damn, like, yep. okay, I just got to keep my head forward and keep, um, keep the faith and keep, keep moving, you know? Yeah. And that's what I've always admired about you too, is, is your faith, bro. I mean, I have never been like, this is what I believe in God. Like I believe in higher power and stuff like that. Um, but you have always been steadfast about your faith. You've always kept it, you know, so close to you and you've never been preachy or judgmental, you know, and you are like exactly the way that I think is a perfect example of how Christians, you know, I don't, I don't want to say should, cause I don't want to put that judgment on people, but you are a very good example of faith and and i definitely should not be a poster boy of christianity either right <laughs> i'm far from exactly. it exactly <laughs> but but at the same time like your faith is a huge part of your life and yeah. it's always been admirable because you've never you've never let it it's never been a negative aspect of in in our friendship or our lives when like some people nor should it ever be right. in anybody like that's the thing is i like society is turning towards their religion or culture and um Stating that it's 100% correct, and if you're not that, then you're wrong. Right. And that's that's the complete opposite of what Jesus taught. Right. Like, you know, take Jesus as a savior or just a crazy, crazy guy. You know, he taught love. Right. That's his, that's his basis. Example. So exactly. that's what I try to teach yep. is just love. You lead with love, you can't go wrong. Somebody's going to hate on you because you're loving them. Right. Like, I have completely changed people's minds— because I gave them a little bit of love, yep. you know, change people's attitudes, even like in the workplace at a show. I like I flat out told this chick at a Lauren Hill concert. She was like about to swing. at. I Amy. remember this story. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell the whole story, yep. but here's here's pretty much the nugget is that this chick was about to like get up and she actually did get up in Amy's face once. And then the second time she was about to open her mouth and as she opened her mouth to like yell at Amy, I was like, yo, I was like, you just need to have a little love in your life. And she's just like, <laughs> I mean, you're at a Lauren Hill concert. Like, come on. She got shut down. I was yeah. just like, you know what your problem is? You need a little bit more love in your life. And she was just like, her jaw just dropped and, like, I could almost, like, see tears in her eyes. Like, she didn't, but wow. she was just, like, and she turned around and just, like, <laughs> didn't say anything for the rest of wow. the night. Like, she was super, like, she was a loud person. Like, she was obnoxious. She, yeah. she was obnoxious. She was pushing against us and, like, being super hype, hyphy, I guess is what the yep. kids say these days. And, like, she like was pushing us and like we were like we were like on the railing mm -hmm. and like she like budged in front of us like she almost like she pushed us out of where we were at because we were there first like we were on the railing we had a really nice cozy spot um like it was our spot like we were sitting there there was nobody in front of us we got there super early like right at doors um, and she just came up from behind us and like pushed us out of the way. And I was like, okay, cool. That's fine. I'm not going to cause a big stink. Like Amy will sit right behind her and I'll be right behind her, Amy and this will be fine. 
Um, but yeah, I shut her down with just saying, look, you need a, you little, need a little bit more love yeah. in your life. And she, you know, what's crazy is that by the end of the show, she like started talking to us and she was like singing with us. Wow. Like singing the songs and she completely flipped. It's like she went she from like, like crazy chick. He's freaking right. Yeah. To like like having a good time and like we were like doing it as a crowd right. as a group, you know. And you never know um, what kind of thing like you could say something that's going to change. You could have changed that girl's life right there. Like she could have left there and like completely like thought about that. You know, anytime right. she wanted to get too hyphy or whatever. And yeah. Like, I, I mean, you just never know, bro. Th- that's the thing. And that's, uh, I mean, that's true. I think that's true Christianity. Yeah. You know, what, what did Christ do? You know, he gave the ultimate sacrifice of being stoked and just saying, I'm going to love the world. I'm going to love you even if you hate me. Right. I'm going to love you. So, you know, again, coming down to like me and interacting with people, if I can show just a little bit of love in this life, uh, how can anybody hate me? Yep. You know, how could, you know, there has been some haters. Um, that's what's really discouraging is that there has been some haters that have kind of trying, tried to bring me down. But what's crazy and what's great is that now being 15 years in a music career and being 35 and having a wife and a kid um, and just knowing thyself, like back in the day I was really subconscious or uh, self-conscious, I, self-conscious um, about myself. But now I just don't care. Yeah. Just because I know myself. Yeah. I know who I am. I know what I'm about. Yeah. And, and again, it comes down to if I lead with love, yep. who's going to hate on it? Yep. I finally um, got to that point as well. I feel like I, I'm I'm getting a lot better with that. I mean, because up until the last few years, I I was I was never a hateful person. I was always, you know, you know, you know me, like you know how I've been. But like, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder, you know, for a, a, about the world and about this and that. And I, it took all of 2020 of like, you know, being with myself a lot, and like then my mom passing to really just like completely flip something in my brain and it's only been three months so it it's still kind of i'm still changing i feel like but um i i feel like when once she passed i'm like that was like the biggest love in my life besides like my girlfriend and like you know some other people but like the biggest like my first knowing love you know and like the with the way that she was towards everybody i mean most people that knew her knew she was a loving person and she just set like a tone everywhere she went where she just like lit up every room. And I'm like, how can I even spread any ounce of like negativity in the world when I had that, you know, light, you know, and like now that light is gone. So I need to be that, you know? And so like, I, I, I really always admired the way that you have viewed things and the way that you treat people and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, man, I, I think, I think I'm finally at a point where like, yeah, I, I, I know who I am too. And I know what I've done and I know what kind of positivity I want to bring the world. And I think we, we need more people to adopt that motto and that, you know, that view. And 
that's the way you've always been, man, and I, I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you. Well, bro, thank you so much for thank you for having me for your friendship for you know hosting and using this gear and this beautiful setting and backdrop, man. And seventeen years of friendship, man, you're the shit. Thank you. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Thank you.